It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Hey, everyone. Welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy, along with my co-host for the podcast, my partner in life, and my wife, Rachel Campos. Duffy, hey, Rachel. Hey, Sean. We're back. It's Friday. We have some, like, hot topics to do for our Q&A, like getting our thoughts on the hottest topics of the week that are not related to the to the war or or, or, or World War III. Um, so some, some serious and also lighter topics. I'm having fun with my hair today because, as you know, I hosted Jesse Waters last night, so I had post primetime hosting hair. Which is a lot of product in your hair. It's a lot of product, so it just kind of does its own thing. It looks better than if I don't do it, but it's definitely a little more wild, and I'm kind of liking it actually. I like it too. Well, today, uh, besides Rachel's dirty hair, we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about does Ron DeSantis wear lifts in his cowboy boots? That's taking the internet by storm. As well as... It's a mystery. It is a mystery. We're going to unpack that mystery. We have uh, a conversation on Speaker uh, Johnson and the allegations that Speaker Johnson with four kids lives paycheck to paycheck. But before we do those two stories... He's just too poor. He's just too poor to be the speaker. (laughs) We're first going to talk about Hunter Biden. Yeah, you know, so we actually covered this a little bit um, last night. And I'll bring in some of the perspectives of my guests. Last night, I had Molly Hemingway... And Batia Ungar Sargon, who we, we we love both of those ladies a lot. And we had them on last night when I hosted for Jesse Waters to talk about this incredible op-ed. I mean, the goal of Hunter Biden, who's living in a $30,000 a month Malibu house uh, and has made so much money, um, he and his uncle and his dad and his stepmother, Dr. Jill Biden, have made so much money selling out our country But we're supposed to feel really sorry for him, Sean. Here's what he says. He says, my struggles and my mistakes have been fodder for a vile and sustained, I love this word, disinformation campaign (laughs) against him and meaning Joe Biden and an all out annihilation of my reputation. Hunter Biden has a reputation he cares about with all those hookers and M&M pictures that he's taken on his junk. All right. Um, through high-pitched but fruitless, hardly fruitless, congressional investigations, and more recently, criminal charges for possessing an unloaded gun for 11 for eleven days five years ago, charges that appear to be the first ever of their kind brought in the history of Delaware. Sean, so many lies in one sentence, long sentence, albeit, but so many lies. Let's just start with the last lie where he claims that his possession of of the gun that he illegally had because he's a felon and wasn't allowed to have and lied on it essentially, but he lied on the application. He said he didn't have drug use, and we all know that he did. Um, and I mean, there are hundreds so, of thousands of black men behind jail for this uh, behind bars for this uh, you know charge, and he's claiming. That he is the victim of some sort of witch hunt, disinformation campaign. So let's unpack that. First, I think what he's doing is, in essence, saying, I'm an addict and I've made mistakes and you are persecuting me Mm -hmm. 
with some truth and a lot of disinformation to attack me and my addiction, and through my addiction, then therefore attack my father. And if you're an uninformed or lightly informed American, you could read that and go, oh my, you know what? That's true. I feel bad for Hunter. He's, we feel bad for all addicts, right? We do. And if you're an addict, I mean, I mean, give the guy a break. He's trying to get straight mm-hmm. and get clean. Um, and Republicans shouldn't be so mean. But uh, if you're an informed individual, you'd look at what Hunter Biden is saying and it becomes laughable mm-hmm. because um, he is being prosecuted for the gun charge. But he failed to, to recognize or talk about in this op-ed the fact that he made millions of dollars from Burisma. He was a foreign agent. He didn't register as a foreign agent and hadn't been charged for not filing as a foreign agent for a foreign entity and foreign government, number one. But number two, he never paid taxes on the money that he made. And so I guarantee you, if any of you listening or Rachel or Sean make millions of dollars and we don't pay taxes on it, two things will happen. One, we're going to get prosecuted. We're going to go to jail. And number two, um, I'm going to be charged fees and interest and fines on the money I didn't pay to the federal government. They don't take lightly to people paying their taxes. But for Hunter Biden, he this went away. He never paid taxes on the money he made for Burisma. He was never prosecuted, never even had to pay interest on the money he didn't pay and no fines or fees on top of the money he didn't pay. So Hunter Biden wasn't treated like any other American for not paying his taxes. But he doesn't talk about that. He wants to go to the gun charge. He goes to the gun charge. Um, but he also, of course, goes to the sympathy card and he's trying to distract and go, see, this is really about my addiction and these mean people who don't care about people like me who are addicts. And I'm just like you. I'm just like you and your son or your nephew or your dad who has an addiction problem and you have love and compassion for them. Why don't these mean Republicans have compassion for me? And I'll tell you, Sean, in politics, as you know, timing is everything. Mm -hmm. And so what has happened over the last few weeks? We've had a mem- uh, 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 biography, uh, autobiography by Britney Spears come out kind of tracking her own struggles with mental health and also addiction. And then, of course, it, what I think is really the trigger here was the death of Matthew Perry, who we all know was the um, superstar from the hit show Friends. And he died very unexpectedly and had a long struggle with addiction. And this past week, so many clips have come out um, of him, you know, talking about his addiction, saying he wants to be remembered for help, wanting to help other people through his addiction and not for being, a, a, you know, a Hollywood star. And a lot of people were shocked by his death because he was fairly, fairly young. And there was this sort of conversation around addiction, by the way, not in the way we should be having it, which is why it's all, all a lot of stuff coming across the southern border because right. of Hunter Biden's dad's policies. But he wanted to, I think, ride the coattails of Matthew Perry and the sympathy and the attention around addiction and muddy the waters and create the impression that all of this hoopla about Hunter is that we're mean um, on the conservative Republican side or on Fox News or at the New York Post. We're mean and we don't we don't care about his struggles and his triumphs of having overcome um, this drug addiction. And that's my that's my feeling about and it. And so let's get to the heart of the matter. First of all, in, in, in politics, um, a family that's involved in politics, it can be very hard on a family. It sure can. Um, it takes a lot of work. 
you know, one parent's gone a lot, you know, running for office, but then also serving in office. Mm -hmm. um, there is undue scrutiny or due scrutiny on um, the family member. The ads are run in your local TV. We had millions of dollars of ads that are run against me negatively. Yeah, when that first happened, it was so stressful. It was, it's hard. So it's, it's, hard, on, it's hard on kids. Um, and there's a lot of politicians who have kids that are kind of messed up. That happens. Yeah. But I don't care about Hunter Biden or Hunter Biden's addiction. That's not why this story is being told. And we all know that if you follow the news, the story is being told about Hunter Biden, not about addiction. It's about the money that he made by selling his father to make millions of dollars in this enterprise. And when we saw his laptop, we saw that he had emails that the big guy, we believe is his father, was taking 10%. Um, and there are many references in the laptop to his dad. And so the problem that we have is not Hunter's addiction, is that the sitting president of the United States was selling out America to make money through his son for himself. That's corruption. That's impeachable. Just a, a real quick, Rachel, uh, 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 James Comer just came out because Joe Biden said, show me the money. Where did I make the money? Well, they, they can show. Shell companies. Well, no, m money that came from a Chinese entity. They came into a, a, a Hunter Biden-owned entity. A shell a company, Chinese right? A shell company. And then it went to James Biden, Joe's brother. And then from there, uh, Joe's brother's wife, Sarah, sent Joe Biden $40,000 out of the cash. So they have, a, they have a link up in the lineup. And it just happens to be 10% of the original amount. 10% for the big guy. Because um, $400,000 had a come yeah. from Hunter Biden's account. But right. It was right. Really it was 10% for the big guy. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. And to give, you know, these Republicans credit, Sean, because, you know, a lot of us were cynical and didn't believe, we all knew what was happening. I mean, the laptop had it all there. I mean, anybody else other than Hunter would have gone down with just the laptop. If, if that was Donald Trump Jr.'s laptop, he'd be in jail already. Um, but of course, because he's a Democrat and he plays by different rules, they had to really, you know, dot their I's and cross their T's. And so when Luckily, the Republicans won in the midterms and the, you know, the House was, you know, in, the Republicans were in control of the House. These investigations could go forward. And a lot of us, because everything takes so long or never gets done at all, we're all very cynical about all this stuff, weren't sure it was going to happen. But you have to give credit to James Comer that he is delivering. And you always said from the beginning, honey, you always said, this is easy. This kind of stuff is done all the time. It's called a forensic audit. And if the FBI, and the FBI does this all the time with mafia people um, and drug dealers, they just don't want to do it with Hunter. And white so criminals. white collar criminals happens all the time. They, they refuse to do it. And you know, we know from whistleblowers that they were told that any investigation that could possibly lead to Joe Biden, they were not allowed to pursue that, okay. which makes no Every investigation you follow wherever it goes, wherever it leads you. And they weren't allowed to do that. And now, you know, James Comer, it takes time because the FBI is an expert at this. C Congress isn't really designed to do this kind of work. And yet they did do it. And they deserve credit for that. Congress is designed to make laws, not investigate crimes. Yeah. The FBI is set up to investigate crimes. And the Department of Justice is there to prosecute those crimes. There's it's a separation of powers. But because the FBI and the DOJ won't do it, 
Now the house. So now what happens, Sean? Now that now that now that the house has done these investigations, now what 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 does the DOJ do? And we know the DOJ doesn't really want to do anything. Can they not do it because of so, you know? Can they refuse to prosecute all of this stuff that the house is uncovered? So I think the house is under the belief that the FBI and the DOJ are on Team Biden. No matter what they present, um, those though the bureau and the agency aren't going to do anything. And so what I think what the House is doing here is very simple. They're going to build a case against Joe Biden. They're going to show that he was making money and selling access when he was the vice president. And they're going to present that case to the American people. And then I think they're going to move forward with an impeachment. They're going to have to impeach instead of yeah, prosecute. That's Instead right. of prosecute. And, and, and so just to put a, a button on this. That's so sad. Nobody that... cares about Hunter Biden's mm. addiction. Oh, his family does. And I'm happy that he's gotten better. They're good for him. Uh, as, and I hear it's really challenging and hard. One of the hardest things someone will do is get clean. We're concerned about Joe Biden. And if you look at what Joe does, um, whether it's green energy movements that are actually making China rich, um, green green energy bills with massive amounts of money that goes that go to Chinese companies. A lot of the things that Joe Biden does really benefits and helps China, not the United States of America. Mm-hmm. And so it begs the question: if if they have information that Joe Biden made money off these deals, if the then, Chinese have that information, or which the they Russians, would. or the Ukrainians, or then they can say, Joe, you do what we want or else we're going to expose what you did. And that means he's compromised. You know, that's our concern. When we think back, do you remember, Sean, with Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky and that whole ordeal? Um, one of the things that was was of concern during that period, and people, I mean, a lot of people get caught up in all the sex of it, right? And same with Hunter Biden. They get caught up in the drugs and the prostitutes and the baby mamas and the crack and the, you know, the, 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 the tons of, Naked pictures of him. He's a complete exhibitionist. He's a total weirdo. Oh, he started dating his his dead brother's wife. I mean, right. Really I mean, there's so many weird things that it's easy to get caught up on that. Um, but it really is about being compromised. And same with the situation with Monica Lewinsky. I mean, that was such a gross affair and cigars and all the seedy stuff that happened in in the Oval Office. And and we all got caught up in that. But really, the problem with that was that um, I believe that Monica Lewinsky's the phone calls between the president, Monica Lewinsky, at that time uh, were being tapped by foreign governments. And there was a concern that he could be compromised by this information. And it was better that it came out, you know, in Congress and in the ugly way that it did than, you know, some foreign government holding o- holding it over him. To use it as leverage. Against to the use it as leverage. And I believe economically, at least, there are some moves, some policy moves and economic moves that Joe Biden has made that are so bad for the United States and so good for China in that in, in the view of people like Senator Johnson um, and, and others, there there's no other explanation than that he could be compromised. And so- I, I asked this directly to uh, Congressman Jimenez as well. Um, and he said, yes, of course, we're concerned about that. So I, I look at the press. The press is at fault here. Uh, the press should want to tell this story. But Hunter Biden knows he could write an op-ed like this and understands that the press is going to have his back. They will amplify the victim story of millionaire, yes, drug addict, Hunter Biden, and try to remove any of the connections to Joe. They're going to play that game. And for me, I listen, I, I get that reporters are, are, are people. And, yeah. and newspapers, 
Yeah, they have perspective. And I can see why they would be somewhat resistant. But when the story becomes so big, I'm so surprised that more news networks aren't willing to cover what's happening here. They're so partisan. Yeah, They're so invested in, in Joe Biden and the Democrat Party and so opposed to Donald Trump. They're unwilling to tell this story, reporting this story, because they think it's going to help Donald Trump. And by the way, it goes without saying, but the FBI and the DOJ threw massive amounts of resources to investigate a sitting president, Donald Trump, on false allegations. And here on real allegations, they refuse uh, to investigate Joe Biden, which is the indicator that you have to clean this place out, both of FBI, DOJ. Uh, there's no question about that. Before we move on, I want to talk a little bit more about the personal side of this, because there's another part that when I read this, uh, you know, this op-ed, which is, of course, full of BS, um, and it's a complete, you know, who knows who Hunter Biden was working with in the White House. I, again, I believe the timing of Matthew Perry's death and Britney Spears. Mm. I think uh, the attention on addiction, there was a timing. And of course, this what you what you pointed out had just come out as well. So it was the perfect time to drop this connection between with finally James Comer getting the money and the dots, you know, being connected um, for the 10 percent for the big guy. So that was definitely part of it. But when you read the uh, when you read the op ed, um, I think it's really damning for Joe Biden. It's very clear that however depraved um, Hunter Biden is, and he truly is. I mean, he treated the people that he worked with like crap. He was sleeping with some of his assistants and then fired them and, you know, just um, degrading them. Um, he, he just was an awesome the way he treated his 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 baby mama, little Navy Biden and tried to get out of paying, uh, you know, child support and would take private jets to the hearings, to the to the courtroom in Arkansas, where he's supposed to where he's saying that he has no money. Um, but he took a private jet there um, and says he has no money to pay child support. I mean, this guy's disgusting. That said, it's very clear when you read the op-ed, Sean, that he is he, he was struggling. I mean, he, even, he was addicted to crack cocaine, probably one of the worst drugs. And while he's addicted to crack cocaine, his father is putting him at the center of this family corruption operation where he has to do illegal things. He has to do shady things. He's in, he's getting massive amounts of money, which obviously is the worst thing that you could want, you know, an addict to have, right? Is access to money and prostitutes and drugs. And it's just going to spiral him more. And of course, that's what happened. And to me, Jill Biden and Joe Biden look the worst, just like, you know, I mean, they're they're paying off their beach home on the back of their addicted son who they put in that position. Um, I, I'm okay. sorry. I read the op-ed and I just thought he looked like uh, okay. Joe Biden. The last point I'll make is if Taylor Swift's She's probably almost a billionaire. She's made $500, $600 million on her heiress tour. Just that tour. All these little kids are like, oh, poor, poor Taylor. I feel bad for her. And she's had so many rough relationships. And I'm like, that you can convince people that Taylor Swift is a victim. Why shouldn't Hunter Biden try it? It's like, I'm a victim. Yes, I made millions of dollars. And yes, I live in, you know, fine homes that I rent and I fly on private aircraft. But I'm a victim. Yeah, I sold your country out to people that hate us, and I'm the victim in this whole endeavor. It's really it's, rich. It's unbelievable. It speaks uh, to something about the American culture today and nothing positive about the culture. We'll have more of this conversation after this. 
Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. All right, let's move on. All right. Well, there's another cultural topic that's yeah. been hitting, and that is the mystery behind the boots. Oh, let's just call it Bootgate. Bootgate. So this is this is not Marco Rubio. Remember there yeah, because was- there was a Marco Rubio one. You're right, yeah, honey. You're right. One for, ran for president in 2016. Um he was he was accused of wearing lifts in his boots, and is actually you could see the heels of his boots were really high. And Marco's not a very tall man, and so he was getting a little extra boost, boost a little extra boost. boost. Well, like, really, listen, I'm five feet tall. I don't. I I have 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 I ever owned a pair of flat shoes since never. you've met me? I don't think so. I don't own one pair of flat shoes. Even my tennis shoes have sort of like a you know, there's some height to that tennis shoe. That's right. So um, I can relate Marco Rubio and Ron DeSantis. But that did not go very well for Marco Rubio. So now let's fast forward. Ron DeSantis is wearing cowboy boots. Um, and it appears, some have accused, that the cowboy boots look awfully weird. Yeah, um, they and, do. They're and, weird. And They're boot- big and weird. And so a couple of boot experts for, I mean, liberal rags like Politico <laughs> magazine have analyzed the boots and all of them have come and said, listen, He's probably wearing lifts in his cowboy boots. Um, his the arch of his foot is too far back, which mean it means his heel is up. And when you have a lift in the in the boot, it means it has to be a little bit bigger. And so the front of the boot will push against the front of his pants. They did a whole bunch of analysis. Um, I wish they put that much attention, the, the media, into the Hunter Biden right. case they have on Bootgate. But OK, I'm still loving it. Go ahead. And so, well, no. And so um, Ron DeSantis was actually confronted in a very awkward way, he did a podcast. Um, and So somebody asked him directly. Asked him, and they showed, I think he-, uh, he What did he say? Bill Maher, and they had you know, close-ups of the boots. And they do look weird. And Ron DeSantis is like, well, I bought these off the shelf. These are off the shelf. And, and Ron's awkwardly looking at the video and pictures. And he's like, I, I, I haven't seen that before. And the host says, well, I got a pair of Ferragami shoes and pulls them out. And Ron's like, I can't take gifts. I can't take gifts. Uh, it got to be very awkward very quick. Uh, um, uh, and But by the way, uh, Politico uh, magazine actually reached out to the, the DeSantis team. This is hilarious what they're doing. Because they, they, they had a... Oh, a, my gosh. I know there's a lot of attention on this thing. And, and, and the DeSantis team, I, I, I love them dearly for their response. But in essence, they said... Um, let me see here. Considering the fact that Politico magazine admittedly spent money to consult boot experts to run this hit piece on DeSantis tells you all you need to know about their, in quote, journalism. The governor doesn't pad his boots, but 
If he ever needed anything to line a pet cage or fold up the wedge under a table leg, that would be the highest and best use of political magazine. <laughs> that's a good it's response. A good response. You, know, you know who the boot expert is. So tomorrow I'm doing Fox and Friends. And there's one boot there expert is, show. I, know, I don't know who Politico's boot expert is. There's only one boot expert. And that's Will Kane. Will, Will Kane knows everything about shoes and jeans, by the way. Jeans ever, and boots. Jeans and boots are like Will Kane's like space. Like he should almost just have a website on boots and jeans. And he knows every and women's jeans too. I'm not it's not just they're not just Oh my god, jeans? can I tell you the funniest Will Kane story? I went to uh, Nash I think it was in Nashville for something. And uh, yeah, we were there for, uh, I think it, we were there for, we were there for New Year's when we did the New Year's show. But we arrived the day before. You boots there. Yeah, but before you showed up, I came in first. You remember, you yeah. flew in later. I flew in first and they wanted me to do this thing that night. And I ended up not doing it because I wasn't feeling well and, and Will ended up doing it by himself. But I was supposed to go. When I landed, they didn't tell me that. And I'm like, well, I only brought my dress for New Year's. I don't have anything. They're like, well, you got to go get some clothes. You got to go get a, a a shirt and 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 some jeans. So I went down to Nordstrom and I got, I I I don't I haven't bought jeans in so long, Sean. I'm like, I literally only have work clothes at this point and like Lululemon, which I run around the house and clean with. So I've like nothing, right? And so I haven't bought jeans in forever. So I get this young lady to like this. Yeah, I I look for like the the cutest girl at Nordstrom's to help me find my jeans, and she was so sweet. And she's like, here's this and this and this. And I bought a pair of jeans that looked the best on me of the like 12 pairs that she came. And I, and I, and I, and then I said, well, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to put, I'm going to put them on and I'm, I'm supposed to go meet Will and his family, um, uh, for, f- to have lunch or something like that. Anyway, I go to see him and he goes, oh, those are nice jeans. Those are mothers, right? Which was the name, the name of the brand was mother. And I was like, I mean, I know. It's like dumb about clothes. I like clothes. I I would never know what brand of jeans a girl was wearing just by watching her. Like, let alone a the, guy. Let alone a guy. Will Kane knows jeans. And he's like, and he goes, I just bought my wife those jeans. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, funny. so anyway, I'm I, looking I, forward to seeing Will because would, Will is. Yeah, you would never. Adventure myself to buy a pair of I, jeans. You didn't know I was wearing a new pair of jeans. You didn't know when I get my hair cut. Um, so, so, but anyway, that the, the point is, I am going to get to the bottom of this. I think here's what's interesting. And, and I would have liked to have seen that Bill Maher um, segment because I believe you when you say that he was awkward. And I do think, I feel bad for Ron DeSantis because I think he's actually a really smart guy. Yes. I think he's a, he's a legit conservative. I really believe that. I, I was disappointed in his Ukraine position, but you see now with, with, uh, the new speaker, um, Mike Johnson, that he's also moved his position on Ukraine. There must be enormous pressure from the neocon warmongers in our government to get people who, you know, to change their points of view and only really tough people can. So other than Ukraine and his position on that, I would say I am, I, I think he's a legit guy. But he clearly has, uh, and it speaks to how important personality and your ability to connect to people really still does matter in Congress. And I think that he'd be able to get away with the boot thing if he was a little more likable. And I, and I, don't, mean, I don't mean that in a mean way because I'm sure he's a nice person. But for some reason, you know, maybe he's on the spectrum. I don't know what's going on, but he is not connecting with people. His wife, on the other hand, 
is extremely likable, connects with women. Um, it, you know, they 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 lobbed um, attacks on her, Sean. Mm-hmm. They called her Walmart Melania, the press did, trying to bring her down. And she was like, Walmart Melania, wow, that's a compliment. If you just put Melania in front of my, associated with me, I'll take it. Which is exactly. I would have thought about that. She is a natural and he just isn't. And Bootgate and the way he's handling it shows it. So here's the problem. I have a little different opinion. Okay. Um, Authenticity matters, right? Mm. We're human. We're flawed. God made us all certain heights and, by the way, certain genders. And you can't change Mm. it. And so be who you are. Don't be someone else. Don't try to fake me out. Don't try to lie. If you're 5'11", be 5'11". And own it and love it. (laughs) <laughs> Donald Trump owned everything about being Donald Trump. There's a lot of good, but there's some there's some bad stuff, too. And he took it all. He's like, this is who I am. This is what you're going to get. Be 5'11", Ron DeSantis. Don't give me some lifts. Because if you're putting lifts in your shoes and trying to fake me out about your height, what else are you faking me out on? What else are you trying to deceive me on? Be authentic. And that's how you connect with people, Rachel. And you know what, Sean? You know what you make? That is touch. I channeled, that's a great you. I point. channeled you on that point. No, no, no. You, that, no, it's, a, it's, your a, answer it's an answer. You didn't I, give. I didn't give that answer. You know, there's a part of me that has a lot of empathy because I, I know what it's like as a spouse to watch your husband have Passing to burn. take <laughs> pressure burn. Yeah. Sorry, no, but I have to take these arrows. I mean, my heart goes out to Casey. My heart goes out to him. It is not easy being in the in the public eye. And so there's a part of me that, you know, feels bad for that. But Sean, only 14% of American men are over six feet tall. So, you know, what your point is so well taken. Own it. You know, most guys actually can relate to not being six feet because they're not six feet. Only 14% of guys are over six feet tall. And so um, that is, that that's a, that's a, a, a I, I think you actually... Uh, really nailed it. I think I allowed my my own experience and my own sensitivities of being a political spouse to interfere. You're right. This speaks to authenticity. And, and I'm glad you brought up Donald Trump. You know, I, I remember when they accused him of cheating on his taxes. And he goes, yeah, because I'm smart and I'm I don't want to give you guys all my money. Or they accused him of, of making fun of women. And he said, you you call women pigs. And he said, only Rosie O'Donnell. I mean, there's so many things where or even like I just told you this morning that, you know, Donald Trump was he's now back in, you know, the, the, the witch hunt never ends with the guy. It's just unbelievable what he's going through. But he's back in court. And I guess there's some like sketch artists in there, you know, in court. This happened this week. And he looked over at the sketch artist and he goes, just just draw me sexy. OK, I'm so, just, he, he's in the worst situation ever. He knows how to f- have a sense of humor about it. And he owns his flaws and he doesn't try to fool you. And the one thing you can say about him is he's truly authentic. And here's, if you're Ron DeSantis, again, this is my advice to Ron DeSantis, you're not going to beat Trump. However, these court cases um, could be effective. This is the plan for the Democrats. It could be effective. And if they convict Donald Trump and they send him to jail, which is very possible, um, that is, listen, that could be Donald Trump's poll numbers could go up then or they could go down. We don't, know that, we don't know how that's going to play out, but Ron DeSantis should be working that if something happens, he's the guy. I am ready. I am the guy. Yeah. And he's he hasn't taken that. He's not he hasn't got there yet. He still thinks he is can that Trump. him or is that his team, Sean? 
in the end, listen, he's a smart listen, he's a smart guy. I know he is. And he'll take advice on a lot of things. I think on this though, uh, I think he's driving this. Because a lot of people have built him up and because he, he was a great governor. You're such a great governor, you're gonna beat Trump. All of a sudden he's running into the Trump wall. He can't get over it. So these these stories matter if you wanna be the guy when when Donald Trump falls. And I say if Donald Trump was to fall, you wanna be the guy. I think Vivek Ramaswamy is way more authentic. I do. And I, 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 Nikki's not. I don't think Nikki Haley is. No. But that's, that's the mindset he has to have that he doesn't have. Give up the boots. Give up the boots. Wear a pair of regular cowboy boots actually off the shelf. Or, and I think, I think Sean... Or, uh, or steel toe. Give some steel toe working man's boots. I mean, I don't think he's a working man. Again, I don't think that, that, that is, you know, who he is. You know, he, you know, one of the things I remember Victor Davis Hanson told the story about Donald Trump, because Victor Davis Hanson lives in sort of the food belt area of um, Northern California. And so he saw Donald Trump come in to town to do a fundraiser, and then he went to go see these farmers. You know how hot it is in the summer in that area of, Col- uh, you, know, nor- you know, Northern California, but you're not by the coast, you're in that interior part. And Donald Trump went and... It was like 90 some degrees and there's all these farmers. And he said, most politicians would have come with a flannel shirt like the one you're wearing because you actually, when I met you, you were wearing a flannel shirt. So this is the real deal for Sean Duffy. But they would put on a flannel shirt and, you know, put a piece of straw on their teeth and pretend like they're and, and, a, and a pair of cowboy boots that weren't, you know, worn in because they just bought them on the way from the airport to the location. And, you know, try and pretend like they're down with the farmers. Donald Trump was wearing a black suit. Probably with a red tie. With a red tie. You're exactly right. In 98 degree weather with those farmers listening to their problems. And Victor Davis Hansen said, that's authentic. He wasn't going to change who he, and, and that's why at his, remember. The farmers probably loved him for the right thing. Because it's like, he's, he, yeah, I mean, this is, this is who he is. And, and he probably, because he's a businessman, asked all the right questions because yep. that's what businessmen do. Well, remember when the, the Iowa State Fair, everyone has to go to the Iowa State Fair who's running for president. And they all try to pretend like they, they all, you know, yeah, I, I'm, I'm Rich Mitt Romney and I always have hot dog on a stick or whatever they eat there, right? And they all pretend like they're all down with all the, you know, fried foods at the fair. Not Donald Trump. He came in his private jet with the Trump, you know, across, you know, the, the plane and he circled around, I don't know how many times, really distracting everybody from all the other politicians who were on the ground. He never did the typical tour. You know what he did? He planted his plane and he gave tours of the plane to little kids whose parents were probably thrilled, right? Um, Is he even helicopter rides at one point to kids? No, it was it little plane tours? I thought it was, on that case, I know it was a plane tour. I wouldn't, I, but this is the kind, he is who he is. He's got gold, gold, you know, faucets and, um, you know, he's not going to change who he is. Every everybody just accepts it, and that, and so back to your point. Just, if, I go, if I go to the fair, corn dogs, I like little that too. Dogs and a stick. Like I spent more time on in fairgrounds than so I when, than anybody. So when I, I met Sean, he was a carny. <laughs> when I and met Sean, he was working at car, at at state fairs doing lumberjack exhibitions. And so the first time I went, I went to the Calgary Stampede. Um, I was coming back from a trip from a summer in India, and you I'd run out of money. Yep, I flew you up. And you, you flew me over to Calgary. 
Um, and, and I spent about 10 days at the Calgary Stampede, probably more time than I would have liked. I think a day or two would have been enough for Rachel. But I stayed there the whole time and kept you company and um, but it's, got a taste of carnival food and, and what it's like to be at a state fair. The, the Calgary Stampede is amazing. If you haven't been, you should go. It's the greatest outdoor show on earth and it's wonderful. Um, but so this, we kind of fancy ourselves. It's, 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 a great, it's a really great show. It's really athletic. But our show at the Calgary Stampede was in the middle of the little pig races. Yeah. In between the exhibition, there was little, little, little piglets and yeah. they used to do these races. It was so fun. Kind of embarrassing. Anyway. Yeah. It kind of, it kind of, you know, if you thought you were an athlete, um, after you, after, after you climbed that tree and, and watched more people interested in the piglets racing, um, then you race to get the tree. The pigs. But the pigs did have a great draw. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Since the 1970s, working-class Americans and U.S. investors who saved wealth in dollars have seen the dollar lose over 80% of its purchasing power. In contrast, investors who diversified their cash into gold saw gold appreciate over 5,000%. For Americans who invested $50,000 in gold when America left the gold standard in the 70s, their gold is worth more than $2.5 million today. While gold carries no guarantees and past performance does not equal future results, investors who do their own research will see that gold's performance over this time span is what gold has consistently done in the face of eroding paper currencies. For over 15 years, St. Joseph Partners has built its business with a singular focus on helping investors diversify their wealth and protect their families in physical gold and silver you hold in your hand. Don't let your hard-earned savings go unhedged. Call St. Joseph Partners or go to our joint website, kitchengold.net, not .com. That is kitchengold.net and protect your wealth. Okay, let's go to third topic. All right. This is interesting, too. This has a political... So, yeah, so Speaker Johnson... Um, the uh, speaker no, one, no one cared about Mike Johnson, you know, two weeks ago, but now he's a speaker, so now there's, there's all this scrutiny on him. Mm -hmm. And some of the stories that have come out, They've commented, because as, as a member of Congress, every year you have to uh, do reporting on your income and how much money you have. Um, and it, you do ranges, right? So they don't give you, you don't have to give your exact dollar amount, but it's a range between, you know, five and 10,000 or 10 and 50. Like how 000. much you have in savings, how much you have in investments. Right. Yeah. And so, um, and again, you have to report every account. Um, so they went back and looked at Speaker Johnson's report, financial reports for Congress. And they noticed that he, they say, well, he doesn't have a checking account, he doesn't have a savings account, and he doesn't have any investments that trigger the reporting. So that doesn't mean he doesn't have a checking account. It means that he might not have enough money in his What's the minimum before you get reported? It was, it was five or $10,000 you need. So they're saying, so, so their, their, their beef with Speaker Johnson is he doesn't even have $5,000 in his account. So he could be compromised. He's, well, he's poor. He's and poor. He therefore lives paycheck to paycheck. So he's susceptible to fines. Um, and so, uh, Sean, I think we probably had less than five thousand dollars in that shot when you ran for office. We were going so I was, when I was in when I was in Congress. Um, I it was. I think it was. It was the Duffies and the Rubios. Yeah, we always switch this. So they, they make a list, right? Of the richest and poorest members of Congress, from the richest all the way down to the poorest, and we were always at the bottom of the list. No, I had more kids than the Rubios. That's for sure. Well, so I was, I was, it was I, always like it was like the Rubios. I was I was a state prosecutor. Rachel was a stay-at-home mom. Um, make much as a prosecutor. I love the job. I love the work. 
Um, and I had all these kids, so we didn't we didn't have. And they were in Catholic school, uh, and... and so yeah, they, they, they for a while I was embarrassed by it. Then after a while I'm like, you know what? I don't care. Um, yeah, I don't have any money. I, I never... do remember when it first came out, you were embarrassed, and I was like, why are you embarrassed? Like, I mean, whatever, you know. We'll tell you this: I would move money just before I had a report. I'd move money between my checking and save some of the accounts so I could get above certain thresholds, so it made it look like I had. You listen, look, you had faith a lot, John. Um, you know, it's, but it's money. really interesting that the press has lobbed onto this because, first of all, I would love to see those reports for Nancy Pelosi over the years. Um, it is so obvious. I mean, Jesse Waters has done an excellent job of reporting all the changes in that family's income because she obviously has insider information and has tipped off her husband, who, you know, supposedly is is the most amazing. I mean, he's better than Warren Buffett. On and in investing, it's his his ability to predict what stocks are going to go up is so well known to be good, Sean. That literally there was a tick until recently they had to stop doing it, or whatever. But there was a TikTok account that was an investment account that would just track what people started to invest in. In whatever, whatever Paul Pelosi was investing in, they're like, that must be good. Let's get in. Let's get in on that. It's not just so. Jesse Waters' um, cousin, Maxine Waters. Uh, yeah. but Maxine, Maxine has become very wealthy. There's a lot. It's a congresswoman from California. From California. There's a lot of, especially Democrats, who become very wealthy while serving in Congress. And just to be, I want to be really clear. You don't get rich in Congress. It's impossible. They, they pay you a really fair salary. Um, it's, it's easier to live in Wisconsin on your, it's $174,000 a year. It's easier to live in Wisconsin than it probably is in New York City. Yeah. Um, right. But people don't get rich in California. And if someone got rich in Congress, something's going on. Which is why we're talking about Joe Biden, which goes back to the original yeah. conversation about Joe Biden and Hunter. Yeah. Or who's our, who's a senator from New Jersey? Um, Menendez. Menendez. You have gold bars and, you know, half a million dollars in cash. Yeah. That doesn't happen with serving as the senators make the same amount as House members, 174 each. And then I look at Mike Johnson, I'm like, most Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Right. Mike Johnson has four kids. Um, and so they doesn't have some massive wealth. And he comes from, you know, the side of America where you don't have a pot of money. You're not one of the not inheritings. Yeah. And you you should be able to relate to the people who all who are also living paycheck to paycheck and who probably make a lot less than he does. Yeah. And good for him and for any of the press to hit him on not having a lot of money. That's I can't say it. That's BS. Um, I think and, I said earlier in the show, didn't I? I don't know. I might have. You can say what you want. I can say it, but you can't. You're a Latina woman. You can say things I, I can. can. I'm a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, you're uh, right. You're right. It's so, it's interesting, the tension on this um, that they have. And you know what? Fighting for the average man, uh, because you are the average man, is really important. You know so what? And, Mike Johnson. It, and, and that's an excellent point. I think the fact that you know, we didn't have a lot of money that we, you know, before we we were running and and before and while you were in office that we had to think about these kinds of things the same way so many of our neighbors and friends had to think about it. Um, I think that makes you a, a, a better member of Congress. And, and this idea that I'll tell you what's dangerous is and, and people get mad sometimes about they go, well, 174,000 is a lot of money. Well, it is. Except when you basically are trying to maintain two households in D.C. and in your district. And it's yeah. and there's expenses that, you know, are related to having to, 
you know, for us, it was like babysitters and things that, you know, because we had to go to certain events and things like that. It got to be expensive. Um, but that said, the idea that you have to have a salary that's reasonable because what you don't want is for your Congress to be filled with only, you know, independently wealthy, rich people. You want to have farmers in there. You want to have, you know, you know, county prosecutors like you were before you got in. Um, you want people with families who understand what it's like to, you know, worry about what the bill is when you come out of Walmart or Sam's Club or whatever. And, you know, th- and, and you lose that. Um, and, and people lose that. I mean, I, well, you and I both know lots of multimillionaires who are in Congress. Sure. And, and they're yeah. good people. But on some level, there's a certain thing they just don't get. Um, there are certain issues that just don't resonate with them because they're not part of those. They're not part of the working class or they never were part of their network. It's one thing, too, like you meet people who came from working class and built something and built a company and now they're rich. They can still recall what it's like. There are so many people there with generational wealth. So just uh, so the, the, the salary of a member of Congress hasn't gone up for 14 years, 15 years. Because um, it's hard to vote for your raise when American people are so. The, the top staffers on the Hill can make $200,000. So the staff can make more than the Congress. The, the, than the congressman or woman. The, Congress, the Supreme Court makes more than members of Congress. Like all parts of government are making more than members of Congress. And again, I'm not saying 174. It's a really, it's a really it's good generous salary. salary. It is generous. But this is the most important board in the world, especially in our country. And it's complicated. Um, and if you serve on the Coca-Cola board or the, um, pick your company, they pay a lot more than that. I, you want to pay people, I think, well, to be on the most important board. Um, and that's also a protection from briberies. I mean, one of the things I noticed in Mexico, Sean, I got to meet when you were in Congress, we got to meet members of the Mexican, sort of their equivalent of Congress. The deputados. Los deputados. And I'll tell you, there is corruption. You think there's corruption here? Whoa, in Mexico, is there corruption? And part of it is they give them a smaller salary, but then they get to then each province or each district, right, which would be their each state gets um, or, or their district that they represent gets a pot of money that is equally divided. And the member, the diputado, gets to distribute that money. And so he's getting kickbacks. So here's, uh, so I had dinner with uh, a, a, a group, uh, a Mexican delegation. We had dinner in the U.S. And this is such a great story. I love it. I don't know. I, I know how much I made as a member of Congress, but I'm like, how much do you guys make? As- do you remember why you asked that question? Because they were, dre- they, their suits were so nice. And you said, that's a really great suit. How did you afford that suit? So like I, I have my $25, $30 shirt from Nordstrom's. Um, and they, yeah, they had nice, really nice stuff on. So I asked him, I'm like, how much do you guys make? I, I like had no idea. And uh, the response was fascinating. They said, and we, we had built some trust. We got along really well. And so they, they said, in response to my question, how much do you make? They said, officially or unofficially? Yes. And it, it took me some, like five seconds to understand what he was saying to me. Because what he's saying is they get an official salary yeah, and then they all make money on the side with bribes. And and that's in the distribution of these funds, right? Like you give or contracts. Or people, people, the companies are giving you money. To, and so 
Yeah, government The contract. higher position you are, the more money and bribes that you get. And and it's it's a point of bragging rights within their their deputados, deputados, whatever they're called. Deputados. Deputados. Uh, who makes the most money in bribes is an indicator of how... So it's a competition. I'm like, you guys have got... No, Mexico is so messed up. Yeah. The people take bribes. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's so important. Like, you know, if, if the Hunter Biden family is, pro, you know, the Burisma board, um, you know, the firing of that, of, you know, it, getting involved in country politics so that your son can make money on a board of some energy fund while he's a crackhead and doesn't even know the language and never worked in energy and then going to China and taking money and then doing this in Ukraine, which is another corrupt country. And then now we're in war with Ukraine and sending more money there. And God knows what Zelensky knows about what what Joe Biden is doing. And we're spending all this. Corruption is so poisonous and toxic to democracy and to representation and fair representation. And so I I think, you know, and it, as we close this out and look at this this story of, you know, of, of, of what's going on here. You have to get to the bottom of what's going on with Hunter because it is symbolic um, and, and, and it's also dangerous what's happening. Uh, it is symbolic and it is dangerous, Rachel. Um, and wait, wait, a full circle. Yeah, I did. I brought it full circle. From the grave. La- I mean, last thing what was my birthday. Was your birthday? A couple of weeks ago. You turned 39. Rachel turned sure. 39 a couple of weeks ago. Um, and how does it feel? We just turned 52. I did. How does it feel to be 52? Because sometimes when I was young, I would think 52 is kind of old. I remember thinking 39 and 40 was old. Yeah. I can still remember that. So listen, you know, it was was really interesting turning um, 52 because I feel great. And I, I, my, what I thought of 52 is not at all what, what it actually is. I don't know if that's because, you know, like they say, like, you know, the cliche, oh, 50 is the new 40 or whatever, you know, they say, uh, you know, there's some of that. But I do think um, I try to take care of myself. I'm not perfect, as you know, about my workouts, but I do try. You do try. I do try. Um, you are less than perfect. I am less than perfect in the workout department, but I try. I've been trying to do more weights yeah. than cardio because I love cardio. I get bored with weights, but I know what I need to do is weights. Uh, my skincare, I switched to oils and your sister, um, makes essential oils for your skin and I do vitamin C and vitamin A. And I think that's been really good for my, it's better than a lotion or a cream for my skin. So I'm, I'm big on oils and I'm loving that. Um, uh, I, I, I try to eat, I try to eat well, but honestly, I think it's the kids that has helped. I think that, um, you know, they keep you young. It's, I know it's, again, that sounds super cliche, but I think, I think that's true. I will say that the lifestyle that we were living in when you were in Congress was really hard on my stress levels <laughs> and our family. And I was running around a lot, trying to do too many things at once. And that's not good. And I, I look at some of the photos from when I was in my, I don't know, mid forties. And I think I look and feel better now. And I think it's just like getting more in balance. And I think that's really important too, for, especially for women, we try and take on a lot and we get anxiety and we get stressed. And I think that, you know, just trying to find a balance between the physical 
you know, how you feel, how you're doing physically, workout wise, you know, all that, your spiritual life. Um, and, you know, I think, I think just having, having balance. Well, I was, I think when you're young, you don't have to take care of your body because it's a young body. Um, and when I went into Congress, I looked pretty good. When I left Congress, I looked like crap. Um, I, I will attest to that. And I, <laughs> I think I, we look at old photos and we're like, oh, that that was like Congress. Five pounds more than I do now. And well, explain to people what is it about Congress that makes some, everybody unhealthy. Some people do it well. Like Paul Ryan did it well. He worked out every yeah, day. Like I was. He did. I I didn't. I and I should have. In hindsight, I should have done that. But so you you go to it. You you the conference. Republicans meet in the morning, and there's there's cookies. There's there's uh, uh, croissants. There's if I was in Congress, I would have changed that. I would have advocated for better choices. Sometimes they'll have some eggs, some fruit too, but there's there's really crappy choices. And then you have to raise money all the time because money is power to get reelected. And so you do dinners and fundraisers. And, and I remember like one week, I think I ate a steak three times, three nights in a row. Bad choice. That's bad. not a good idea. No, but, and you just get to be really unhealthy. And so as I was leaving, I, I started to work out again. And I, I think the point with aging, this is the point I want to make is um, you can have a spiritual life and you can have kids and you can have money and you can have time. But if you don't have your health, um, you can't do anything. And so I do think it's important as you age, you really have to make sure that you focus on having a body that'll allow you to do all the things that you want to do. And that means you got to use it. If you don't use your body, you lose it. That's cliche, but it's true. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, I, I started working out a couple of years ago. I had shoulder surgery about two months ago and I haven't been able to work out. And the consequences of that are dramatic. Yeah, you've seen, you, you've seen, you've been able to see over two. So first of all, I've lost so much muscle and I've gotten fatter because I'm not working. I know. Well, it's so interesting because he got out of Congress. He, he's not lying. He was 20, 25 pounds heavier and he was and just not healthy. He didn't look healthy. His skin didn't look good. Um, it was just not. And then once you got out, you started to take care. It took you a, about a year and a half to kind of ramp up. And then, and then our friend Dan Bongino put you on a, on a new workout. She started working out our daughter's workout routine, which is pretty intense. Her and her husband's routine was pretty intense. And then you, you ramped up to the Dan Bongino workout, which was less time, and less, was, which was less time but more intense. Yeah. And you were having extraordinary results, but then you had this shoulder injury not related to the working out, separate, had to do with lumberjack sports. Um, and then you had to get surgery. And so for the last two months, it's true. You have That's lost it. a lot of muscle and you're putting on weight. But it goes to age, right? In age, when you age, you start to lose things more quickly, which means you have to stay on top of it. Yeah. Um, and um, mm-hmm. if you do, you, people live longer and they have better lives. And so I think at our age, that's the things we think about to go. We have a lot of kids. Um, by the way, I, that, I'm, I'm going to be honest and go, sometimes I was telling Rachel the other day, I'm like, wouldn't it be interesting if we like all our kids were older and like we could so go been, to Florida for the weekend? Right? Or, all but most of my friends are doing that. Most yeah. of your friends are empty nesters. And so they have a lot more freedom. We still have the baby in diapers. And so we think about that. Four-year-old in diapers. I would never change it. It's been great. But once in a while, I've, I've pondered, well, that'd be kind of fun. But but it does keep. He'd probably get bored of it. I would get bored of that. Um, so I got to go to Halloween this past week. By itself. I had to go by myself because okay. Sean, this is, a, yeah, Sean was working. He couldn't come with me. But you know what? I was so happy to have kids that still loved Halloween and didn't think it was dumb. Uh, 
who still, as we say, still have their sparkle and they still were excited to go, you know, trick-or-treating. That was super fun. So I think that all keeps us young, but you're right. I mean, after a certain age, you know, definitely after 45, 50, you, you got to prioritize your health so you can enjoy the rest of your life. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and I actually, um, I just want to say to women who are in their 40s, um, especially in their 40s, because you're, you're staring down at 50. It's not bad. I mean, if you take care of yourself and you, and you focus on your, on your kids and your marriage and your health and your spiritual life, you look better at you 52 can... than you did at 45. For well, sure. Thank you, honey. Well, that's because your career in Congress was wearing me down. <laughs> it, was, it was unhealthy for both of us. Great for um, bad Well, you did. You listen, your district helped elect Donald Trump, and I'm proud of that. So, so well, listen, good conversation. Yeah. A lot of topics. The, what, we, we covered the gamut today. Miracle. Questions on Friday get to be a little raucous. Listen, thank you all for joining us. I hope you all have a great weekend. Uh, you can find our podcast anywhere. We'd ask you to subscribe, rate, and review. You can always find us at foxnewspodcast.com. Please subscribe. You get a notice every time our podcast drop, which is Wednesday, Thursday, questions on Friday, uh, which we love so much. Um, again, have a good weekend, and thanks for joining us. Bye, Bye-bye. everybody. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com.